0: real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Ben Stratton. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Helen. Helen, how are you? I'm very well, J. Keith. How are you? I'm quite well. Uh, Helen, let's get to know each other. Okay. Great. Uh, Helen, do you have any hobbies? Well, I, ki- I quit drinking recently. Oh, congratulations. So, no. Oh, oh, no.
1: Drinking was a hobby for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. I didn't more, know about More the... of a life's lifestyle.
1: Okay. Uh, do you collect anything, Helen? I'm a big collector of things. You... Uh, I'm a hoarder,
0: so... Oh, okay. Um, so you
1: collect everything. I guess I
0: collect everything. Yeah, yeah. I
1: collect... Oh, well, I was a baseball card collector for a long time. For really? many, many years, Is yes. this why
0: you're obsessed with baseball?
1: Uh, well, one you know, followed the other. Mm-hmm. It certainly helped definitely uh, increase my obsession with baseball. I don't really collect baseball cards uh, anymore, but at the same time, I have not gotten rid of any of the hundreds of thousands of baseball <laughs> cards that I acquired in my teens and 20s. So
0: you also have some hoarding tendencies. A little bit, but
1: but they are in plastic bins, so is that really hoarding? if they're in bins uh,
0: they're, it's only hoarding if you have to like walk around them to right. get to another spot in your apartment which right. I have to yeah I'm, I'm officially a hoarder because oh, okay. I, I literally have to I have little paths from my room to the bathroom and things like that yeah it's a problem okay I, I definitely have not Marie kondo yet okay but, but, but it'll I be exciting to. to find the things yeah. that, the, the,
1: that uh, work for you in that way uh, I you also, know what
0: we both yeah. collect What's is that? eyeglasses
1: that's right I, I do collect eyeglasses you have
0: a wonderful spectacular pair of stylish eyeglasses, and I also have a, a bunch of eyeglasses that i actually like for acting purposes, I have a bunch of glasses that don't have um, lenses in them you fraud i know I know how many pairs uh, do you have in your collection I probably have um I probably have like eight pairs of glasses with lenses in them okay. that I can actually see mm-hmm. with, and then I probably have six to seven pairs of glasses that are just for acting purposes mm-hmm. that have no lenses and I wear them with contacts, or I wear them and I'm just blind. All right,
1: uh, But, but yeah, I look
0: I, hella cute.
1: Oh, oh, as always, if not Hel- if you're not Helen, you're Helen-cute.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that could be a t-shirt. I like it. All right, good. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show.
0: Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first? He is a comedian, writer, actor, and host of the podcast, The Dollop. It's Dave Anthony. Dave Anthony. Hi, Dave.
1: Hello, Dave. Dave uh, putting down his uh, iPad and his glasses. Hello. Hello, Dave. Also saying <laughs> uh, welcome, hello. Dave. Hi, how are you? Dave, you do realize that you are not allowed to consult the iPad during yes. the trivia portion of the...
2: Game. Yes, but if it's near me, just of knowing it's close. Oh. No. <laughs> it makes
1: you feel better. It's like a better. security blanket. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you and I used to be neighbors.
2: Yes, we lived uh, a block, half a block away from each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still live in that apartment. I've been in my apartment now for about 22 and a half years. You're never, you're
2: never going anywhere. Yeah, are you? I don't
1: like to move. <laughs> uh, no. Also, I have, I have a lot of bins of baseball cars that I'd rather not move again as well.
2: Do you remember the day I called you up and I said, the Oscar Mayer uh, Wienermobiles in front of your apartment?
1: Yes, that was a very momentous day. I thought you were kidding. And then I looked, I opened uh, my curtain, and damn it, the Oscar <laughs> Mayer Wienermobile was on our block. What? Yeah, yeah. and I should point out, this, we did not live like on a commercial no. block. No. <laughs> we did not live on a commercial block. This is a residential street, and the Wienermobile was just parked just parked, on the, just parked
0: at the curb. Did you knock on it to see if they were giving away wieners?
2: No, but that's a good idea. That is a very oh. good idea. I feel
1: I missed an opportunity. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I did, I did take some pictures. Uh, and then uh, you moved, and now you are very far away. Yeah. Uh, what, what, I live why? up in the
2: mountain, La Crescenta.
1: In La Crescenta, yes. Yeah. Before we were in the Beverly Fairfax area. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, why, why did you move so far from me? Um, should, I, should I continue to take it, it personally uh,
2: sadly it was all about
1: you okay yeah as most things are um, yeah. uh, he
0: followed the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile that's
2: right <laughs> and it went up La into Prisanta. the mountains and yeah. there it is um, I had a child yeah. and uh, and we were uh, on our oh, because we, we lived in apartments right The yeah. apartments everywhere so he would ride his bike and I go stop stop, at every driveway, and I was like, we, why are we living here? <laughs> so, so we moved up into La Crescenta where uh, a kid can like run around and do things.
1: That's great. Yeah. Uh, Helen mentioned you were the host of The Dollop. This is a history podcast that gets millions of downloads a month. Uh, uh, why do you think it's touched a nerve and has become so popular, and how can I do that with this show?
2: <laughs> um, I think it's touched a nerve because I think that uh, we're at a place in our country which, besides being awesome, um, uh, it, people are wanting to know how we got here, mm. Mm. Um, and uh, a lot of people are realizing the stuff they were taught in school is not actually the truth of what our history is. Um, it's a very, it's a very white male uh, oriented history, and that's not what we are. What we have always been. So, if you go back and and look at sort of how we got here. I think people are fascinated by it. Mm.
1: So you recommend that, that kids don't listen to their teachers, but instead listen to podcasts?
2: That's what I'm saying. All
1: right, I, I understood that. Oh, wow, applause.
0: Does that mean that your podcast is woke?
2: I, uh, I, I guess it's woke. I mean, I'm, I'm a, like a socialist, so it's a lot of like uh, lefty worker labor sort of stuff. Love it. Um, but then it's also just examining like... You know, uh, Washington died because three doctors bled him to death. Yeah, like stuff you don't know. Like they they don't teach that in school. They don't go. Oh, he had wood teeth, mm-hmm. and teeth from dead soldiers in his mouth, and also they bled him to death because doctors were coming and go. Ah, oh, let's bleed him first, and so they had three doctors treat him, and they they bled George Washington to death because he was sick.
0: I'm still stuck on other people's teeth in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. I thought they
2: were teeth. They? <laughs> they were other people's teeth? No, uh, there was a very uh, a big rush on Waterloo teeth cuz after Waterloo, they went out and pulled all the teeth out of the soldiers no. and then that's what you would get uh, for dentures. Oh,
1: Helen, yes, if you can get yourself a Waterloo teeth, <laughs> you simply must. Are
0: you serious? Oh, it's the living end. It was like the tr- it was like the yeah. latest in hot teeth. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> Every painting of, if you now, if you look at every painting of George Washington, knowing this fact, he looks like he's in pain. Because <laughs> all of, he, every picture, he, it looks like a guy whose teeth hurt. He's like, yeah. mm. <laughs> Dave,
1: you also wrote and starred on the TV show Marin I did. as a character named Dave Anthony. I did. It was a,
2: it was a, it's not an exact uh, uh, Dave Anthony, it's okay. it heightened. <laughs> Dave Anthony. Yeah, I'm a creepy weirdo on the show big sure. time. But we used my name because Mark used his name. But Mark's himself, but I'm a really, a really not great person.
1: But in real life. I'm great. He's a great person, and we're happy that he's here. Dave Anthony, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Helen, against whom will Dave be
0: competing tonight? She is a journalist, commentator, and co-editor of Boing Boing. It's Jenny Jardin. Jenny Jardin. Jenny, you're Hello, Shenny. Welcome.
1: Hi, guys. Have a seat right there. Speaking of great
0: eyeglasses, Shenny.
1: Yes, Jenny, you are wearing a pink, uh, I would say fluorescent or neon pink. They are in a cat eye kind of a formation. Am I doing these frames justice?
3: The young people tell me that it looks like a Snapchat sticker.
1: It does look a little bit like a Snapchat sticker. A wee bit sticker. like a
3: Snapchat yes. sticker. How did you start covering tech? I started in art school and I wanted to be a writer and I was in the wrong place to do that and it was in San Francisco in the late 1980s and around me this thing was developing you know the internet as a communications medium as an art medium but it was still something that was kind of in its in its early phases Mm -hmm. so I was always kind of on the outskirts of that and I just always wanted to kind of Get further and further inside and understand how it worked, and I still don't understand how we it works. You still
1: don't understand? No, I think it's got bits. There's bits uh, okay. and there's bytes. There's bits and bytes. I mean, the tech and bots term. now. Yep, tubes. bits, bytes, bots. Tubes. There's tubes, Dave. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did you know? At the Did you suspect at the time that it was going to take over all of our lives? No, no. None of us
3: saw any of this coming.
0: But you were like you were like right there at ground zero of tech, and you happened to be covering it. Well,
3: it's and funny. I mean, the the thing about um, science and science fiction is that you have an idea of all these different things that could become possible, mm-hmm. but you never know what's going to become of it right. until it becomes reality. Mm, until it's just ruining
0: our lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I I just
3: I. I, I When you were talking about hoarding earlier, Mm -hmm. I just had to get this in. It's not hoarding if your stuff is cool enough.
1: Oh, interesting point. (laughs) Helen, is your stuff cool? Um. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, So, Shandy, let's talk about... Jenny, let's talk about Boing Boing. Uh, It started as a zine in 1988 and then went to a site in 95 and then a blog. So many other uh, websites, especially tech sites, have not stuck around. Why do you think Boing Boing has had the longevity that it's had?
3: We began more uh, as an art project Mm. and a labor of love. Uh, We weren't a business in the beginning. Mm. And in fact, when I came along... Uh, you know, Boing Boing had already become a, a few different things. As you mentioned, it went from print to internet, mm-hmm. and from internet uh, to being what, would, what was then known as a weblog, mm-hmm. and, and what would later be known as a blog. So this was where we brought this stuff that was fun that we loved, whether or not an editor agreed with it. And it's just always been driven by that. So. Our fortunes have risen and fallen, as with any publication. But we're still here, and we're still doing the same weird, fun, <laughs> outragey stuff that we've always been doing. And it's still just basically like five of us and our friends.
1: Boing Boing has dealt with comments and with, with uh, uh, user feedback in a lot of different ways over the years. What's the current state on the, on the site?
3: Uh, we... Brought back the BBS. Mm-hmm. Do you guys? If is anybody in here old enough to remember yes. bulletin board systems, BBS BBSs? Oh, yes, yeah. sure. So we got tired of um, commercial comment systems and and went back to baby, basically a, a mm. BBS format. It, it, I I remember when we were first debating whether to even allow comments on the blog. My colleague Cory Doctorow, a longtime Boinger and also a science fiction author, uh, Cory talked about. There was another big tech site at the time that had comments where you could vote up or vote mm-hmm. down, and I remember him saying there 's something about this this trend that exists in the internet of people essentially rating each other 's uh, content that that seems like it 's going to lead to something bad it 's going to it 's too much like Facebook oh and I,
0: boy right <laughs> if
1: you 'd only known
3: yeah and and so we I guess what i 'm trying to share is that uh, many of us did see the pitfalls mm. and we've been talking about it. And if you listen to some of those crotchety, cranky old cyberpunkers, they they might still have a few interesting <laughs> things to contribute to, to help us kind of get out of the mess we're in. And I, I feel very... Uh, kind of sad about all, a, yeah. a lot of what the internet has become. What's well,
1: weird, the internet keeps getting greater and greater and yeah. then also awfuler and awfuler. <laughs> it's true. Is that just all the way it's
3: going to, you think it's always going to be that way? I think it's because the internet is made of humans. Ah. Oh, <laughs> we have met that, the enemy.
1: There and, we go. Uh, well, and they well, is us. They is us, yes. absolutely. Uh, one thing, another thing I want to ask you about, you've been very open that you are a survivor of cancer.
3: Yeah, I... Uh,
1: I think that was, the, I think the applause is for the survivor part, not the cancer yeah, part. Yeah, everybody's
3: weird about the words, uh, I don't care anymore. I just know that, like, I'm breathing today, and yeah. I had my, uh, I, had, I had one of my annual uh, exams on Friday, and it's all clear. <gasps> we're, we're here today. We know what we're doing today. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. And that experience um, just brought my life into focus Uh, I I don't waste time now, uh, other than being here with you. (laughs) (laughs) I I could not (laughs) ask for a better waste
1: of time than having Shani Jardin, thank you so much. All right, Shani and Dave, we, we ask each we of you... We
3: have to waste time and have fun at it. That's not. That's let's not a, a waste. Let's waste time and yes. have fun.
1: Uh, all right, Shani and Dave, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have expertise. Dave, you said you know a lot about Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> I do. see pitcher with the San Francisco Giants, for now. Uh, you also said you know a lot about Halloween being better than Christmas. Yeah. Some agreement in our crowd here. Yeah. And also you said you know a lot about climate change. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, Jenny, you said you know a lot about Golden Retrievers. I do. The original Blade Runner movie. Yes. And this will go with all those. Marijuana.
2: Yeah, those two...
1: Yes, I, those, I, I Especially did. those
2: last two really go together. Yeah,
1: they're pretty great. Right, later on we'll ask us some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics, but first we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to take away those points. Your topic today, Warship. First up in Warship, Dave. Dave, they both have movies named after them, but in the U.S. Navy, what is the difference between a battleship and a destroyer? a battleship, and a destroyer.
2: A, a battleship sound, sounds like it fights battles. And I like your a, thinking. a destroyer sounds like it can ram and hit things, like it would go in and actually also maybe hit another ship. Hit destroyer, another ship, okay. Yeah.
1: Whereas a battleship would just battle. Yeah. All right. You're
2: gonna it, fe- it feels like a pretty strong answer.
1: All right, we have Dave's answer. We don't know yet if he is correct. Shenny, oh. what do you think?
3: I think that... A destroyer has bigger weapons on it and the ability to mush things. To mush Mush and smash.
1: Mush and smash. Yeah. Whereas a battleship does not.
3: Yep, shooting, but no mushing and smashing.
1: (laughs) Destroyer smash. All right, uh, well, this segment needs to be sunk. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
0: Here are the facts. The two main differences are size and purpose. A battleship is a large ship equipped with several large caliber guns. When you picture three enormous guns on a ship, you're thinking of a battleship. They are designed to fire at other ships or at targets on land. They have been largely replaced by aircraft carriers in modern navies. And in fact, the U.S. Navy does not currently have an active battleship in its arsenal. A destroyer is a smaller, fast, maneuverable ship designed originally as an escort ship. It was designed to destroy other ships that were attacking a convoy, usually with torpedoes. In fact, destroyer is shortened from the original name, torpedo boat destroyer. They still fit this role, but they now carry guided missiles, which do much the same work that large battleship Guns used to do.
1: That's right, and to really put it in perspective, in a way our audience will understand, in the game Battleship, it only takes two pegs to sink a destroyer, but four to say you sank my battleship. Uh, has- Helen, what does that mean as far as our score goes?
0: I'm going to say neither of you got that one right. I'm going to say that as well. Has any All
2: right. has has anybody on the show ever said that they don't believe you?
1: Uh- no, would you like to be
2: the first? You don't yeah, believe that's correct? No, no, no. I no think you want you're... to stick
1: with the smooshing aspect? <laughs> yes. or uh,
2: okay? I think we were closer.
1: <laughs> you were close. all right. Well, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but not your own facts. Uh, all right, up next in Worship. Jenny, they both are places of worship, but what is the difference between a church and a cathedral? A church and a cathedral.
3: One of them has a bell in a tower that goes bong.
1: I appreciate the clarification of what the bell does, because if, if you did not say it went bong, I would not know. Which one, goes, which one has the bell that goes
2: bong? Uh,
1: uh, cathedral. We have Shandy's <laughs> answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Dave, what do you think? Do you think she got it right?
2: Uh, so I'm thinking that uh, they might serve two different functions, mm-hmm. or they could be from two different... Uh, I'm not a big religious guy, but mm-hmm. could uh, one be Protestant and the other Catholic, or... Now, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, much like the way the church is structured, you got bishops, you got priests. Mm-hmm. Maybe a priest is in charge of a church and mm-hmm. a bishop is in charge mm-hmm. of a cathedral. So the cathedral sort of, there's more churches than there are cathedrals. Mm-hmm. So the cathedral's like higher up in the rankings. Sounds good.
1: Okay. <laughs> It does sound good. Uh, I pray this segment is over. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
0: Here are the facts. Religions have the freedom to call any building whatever they want, but when you're talking about religions that have churches and cathedrals, the difference is this. A church is any building used as a house of worship, usually by Christians. A cathedral is the main church in a diocese where the bishop is located. In fact, cathedra... In fact, cathedra literally is Latin for bishop's seat.
1: Yes, Dave, by the way, making either a how you like me now or a I am Jesus on the cross uh, <laughs> pose.
2: This is normally where I'd spike my crucifix. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, now, Helen is, of course, correct. Uh, that This is a case where size does not matter. The Catholic cathedral, for instance, in Juneau, Alaska, has seats for 120 people, and there are many churches that have seats for thousands. Uh, but both can make you feel guilty. Uh, Helen, what does that mean as far as our... Go. I
0: think Dave got two points I think for Dave that did answer. as well. Yeah, Congratulations,
1: yeah. Dave. What is our score at the end of that first round? At
0: the end of the first round, Dave Anthony has two points, and Shani Jardin has zero points.
1: But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. It's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself!
0: Hi, it's Ali Kokesh, one of the cast members of Mission to Zix, a new addition to the MaxFun Network. We're blown away by the welcome we've received from MaxFun listeners, telling us you've discovered the show and are binging it hard, supporting us during the drive, and just being rad humans all around. Mission to Zix is an improvised, obsessively sound-designed sci-fi comedy epic following a group of ambassadors as they explore the ass end of space. I play Dar, the 12-foot-tall omnisexual security officer with furry scales, chest talons, and a series of flaps and shoots that are for... You know what? You'll figure it out. We'd be delighted if you joined our crew aboard the aging, sentient starship, the Bargerian Jade, as we travel the Zix Quadrant, meeting all sorts of weird aliens played by brilliant guest comedians. That's Mission to Zix, Z-Y-X-X. Welcome back to Go Factor Yourself, where our score is Dave Anthony with two points and Jenny Jardin with zero points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Dave Anthony, of
1: your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Madison Bumgarner, why Halloween is better than Christmas, and climate change. Let's talk about each of those. First of all, tell us about Madison Bumgarner.
2: Yeah. Uh, he is, uh, the greatest pitcher, uh, that exists, not just because of how good he is as a pitcher when it matters, like in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but also because as a human, he is a very unique individual. Unique how? Uh, well, he's from, he's from uh, North Carolina. Uh, he, he's from a town that is full of all of his people. Um, so much so that it's named after his, him, uh, his, his family's name. He's very rustic and very country sort of guy. You're saying Madison
1: Bumgarner lives in a town named Bumgarner?
2: Well, it's they they eventually just started calling it Bumtown because there were so many Bumgarners in the town. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, He got married in jeans. Uh, He uh, gave his wife a cow uh, before they got (laughs) married. That's not euphemism.
4: (laughs) Like he gave her a literal cow.
2: (laughs) But he's also a, a super, like, like I'm sort of an old-school baseball guy. Like, he likes the old-school ways, and uh, and he and he fights for them. and But he's also very soft-spoken and a nice guy at the same time. So he's kind of, you know, everything.
1: Uh, now, uh, you are a Giants fan, and he, yeah. as we recorded, is on the Giants. There have been rumors that he might get traded uh, yeah. in, in this offseason. If he gets traded, how would you feel about that?
2: I'd be sad, but he's done so much for the Giants mm-hmm. that, like, you know, it's time to make the team better again. Mm-hmm. But I'm like I lived my whole life without them winning and then they won in 2010 so he gave us that He mm. gave, and so and thank you and in 2012 and in 2014, 2014. Yeah. and he did it alone in 2014 so uh, I'm literally like thank you for everything you've done and, and you know I, I, I would I would cheer him on as a, as a brewer or wherever he goes alright
1: very good uh, next you said you know a lot about why Halloween is better than Christmas <laughs> yeah have at it. The, okay, is your, uh, the soapbox uh, is yours, for Anthony. First of all,
2: Christmas is now a capitalist uh, <laughs> a holiday. I'm starting to see the socialism just, in here. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whereas on Halloween, everyone gets something for free. <laughs> Is that
2: what it is? Yes, you go, and it's about community, and the community gets together, and everyone dresses up and has fun. It's like a giant party. Kids are rewarded for, for uh, you know dressing up, and, and and they get to do parades, and and they get to show off, and it's really kids love it, adults love it, and Christmas is like a month of just I gotta buy. It's just this whole nightmare, and, and then and then you give people stuff, and they're like, eh, okay, and uh, and then everyone acts like it's about Jesus, and it's not. It's not even his birthday. No one knows when it was. So, uh, so does your kid like Christmas? Uh, he likes Halloween better, but he yeah, he likes Christmas. But he's also like this year, he got some stuff, and he's like, is that it? That doesn't happen on Halloween. <sighs>
0: what's your feelings on Nightmare Before Christmas the movie Well,
2: that combines
1: Uh, Halloween and Christmas good uh, question yeah
2: I actually really like that movie because to me it feels more Halloween yeah yeah, I know what you mean like the the aesthetic of it is Halloween right definitely
1: well you're opinionated about that I wonder what your feelings are about climate change
2: (laughs) it's it's great
1: okay good oh really you don't meet a lot of pro climate change people (laughs)
2: uh climate change is the number one thing facing us, uh, facing future generations. Uh, I am, uh, become obsessed with it. I, in, in college, uh, I studied, uh, physical geography, which is the study of the earth. And, uh, and so I've always been into, uh, sort of how earth processes, how they work. Mm -hmm. And I learned about it back then and everything we knew back then is, uh, worse. Uh, so, uh, So I'm very into it, and very into trying to do something about it. And I've started a group called Planet Change Ten to do that. Um, So sort of my what my cause, I guess you would say. Sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: Great. All right. Well, well, sure. Applause for the cause. Uh, All right. So to summarize, Dave, you said you know a lot about Madison Bumgarner, why Halloween is better than Christmas, and climate change. Today we want to quiz you about climate change. You you seem upset with that.
2: Because you're going to get into physics, and I don't know. Go ahead.
1: So, Dave, let's uh, talk more about that. You interact with a lot of people on Twitter. Do you ever have to deal with climate deniers? And and what do you say to people like that who just don't believe science?
2: Yeah, so here's the great thing about deniers now. So... Most people now believe in climate change, and that's a majority of Americans, and that's a majority of Republicans, and that's a majority of Democrats. Um, so who cares what deniers say anymore? Basically, we just have to get the people who believe in climate change to now become active and start doing things, and the people who don't believe it can go off in little groups and talk about that alone. <laughs> uh, so I just I block them on Twitter, and I tell them that they don't matter, and off they go.
1: And uh, sure. Sure. And tell us a little bit about uh, the cause that you've started.
2: So I started a group called Planet Change 10. So the thing about climate change is people don't want to hear about it, and it scares them. Mm-hmm. Um, it scares people for a variety of reasons. Psychological studies have shown that people shut down. So it I- It seems
0: so overwhelming. Of like, course. Well, it's yeah.
2: completely overwhelming to look at and, and, sort of, and take in. So, um, so I kept hearing that from psychologists, and I keep hear, hearing that from uh, different people in mental, mental health professions. So uh, I come from a 12-step background, And uh, I'm putting together a group uh, that's called Planet Change 10, P-L-A-N-I-T, Change 10. And the idea will be to, yes, so in each community uh, we'll start like an AA group, but it's for people who are scared of climate change. So people can get together and start talking about their feelings about how they're scared and really, because people are really scared. Mm. Talk about it, get it out there in a supportive group hello, and then talk my, about hello, how
0: we can... my name is Helen and yes. I love w- bottled water. <laughs> Like that? Yes.
3: Hi, Helen. <laughs> Hi. Hey, my name and is Shenny and I like to take plane flights. <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: totally. Hi,
0: Jenny. No, we make
1: fun of it, but that actually sounds a like very yeah, okay, novel so,
2: original approach. So it's it's it get, get everyone together, and then everyone will realize that everyone's scared, and then hopefully we can turn that into action. And then um, also, Brent, we're bringing in a lot of artists to create propaganda, which we're just going to slap up everywhere. Um, on the streets, on the internet, so people can't avoid it, and they have to do something.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in climate change to test your mastery in the subject with an expert-level question worth up to three points. Before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Shani, listen closely, because if Dave answers incorrectly, and you know the correct answer, you can steal. By the way, Shani, how much do you know about climate change?
3: Enough to be terrified. Yeah.
1: Sounds like a lot. Uh, all right. Let's have a fun quiz about climate change. <laughs> <laughs> the world is ending. Let's have a fun quiz about it. Here we go. Question number one, Dave. What is the name of the 2015 UN agreement signed by nearly 200 countries to combat climate change?
2: The Paris Accords.
1: Helen?
0: That is correct. That is
1: correct. The Paris Accord, or the Paris Agreement, or Accord de Paris. Uh, fun fact, if you want to learn more about the difference between a treaty and an accord, check out Go Fact Yourself, episode 10, with guests Pete Holmes and Annabelle Gurwitch, because that was our What's the Difference round. Oh. Oh, thank yeah. you, Dave. Yes. Uh, bonus fun fact, the U.S. has said it will pull out of the Paris Agreement, and the earliest that can happen is November 2020, just after the next presidential election. Yeah, and then we hint, can... hint. Hint, yeah. hint. <laughs> Question number two, Dave. Before we called it climate change, it was called global warming. While both terms are still used, what is the difference between them? Ooh, a bonus, what's the difference round?
2: Well, global warming just sort of says that the earth is getting hotter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but climate change, um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a political answer too, but uh, climate change is basically that it changes the way our climate works. So it's not necessarily that everything's getting warmer. Uh, Climate becomes more extreme and weather becomes more extreme because climate change can cause more snow on the East Coast. It can cause it to get drier in other places or hotter. So the climate is becoming more extreme. Those are the definitions.
1: Helen?
0: That is correct. That is correct, yes.
1: You know what's weird? I wrote that exactly down the way you'd have you it. Did. That's, how I, that's how I had the answer. It was like you were reciting it. Uh, you're two for two, Dave. Here's please, question number three. Can I please three. give the hint on that? Oh, uh, yeah. If you yeah. Had needed the hint, Helen, what would the hint have been?
0: It's not just the heat, it's the stupidity.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh? Yeah, you see yeah. what? Yeah,
1: okay. Very clever, oh. Helen. Who wrote that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> question
1: number three, I didn't. Dave. Question number three, Dave. According to NASA, for hundreds of thousands of years, atmospheric carbon dioxide levels never surpassed 300 parts per million until which decade?
2: Uh, the 90s. Helen?
0: That is not correct. No, not correct.
1: Shanny, a chance to steal. Is it the 80s? Yeah. <sighs> Shanny? 70s. The 70s, Helen? That is not correct. No, not correct. It was actually the 1950s. Ugh. The 1950s is when it first went, ahead, went above that threshold. That's, that's when, when manufacturing we, really started
2: to. Yeah, like, and take that's off. when we started listening to scientists and changing everything. Yeah,
1: all right. So a uh, little stumble on that. Let's see if we can bounce back with question number four. Question number four, Dave. Last October, the UNFCCC released an alarming report about the rate of climate change that made headlines around the world. What does UNFCCC
2: stand for? Oh, God. <laughs>
1: You do have so a hint available if you'd like names.
2: to use it. Uh, United Nations. Mm-hmm. This is where it's. It, Federation.
1: You do have a hint available. Dave. Yeah,
2: I know. Um, I do can have ask hints for a hint. available, Dave. Can I just ask what the F is for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to recommend that you ask for that hint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Helen,
1: how about that first
0: hint? The F is for Framework.
2: Wow, I would have never guessed that. Well,
1: that's why I was yeah. subtly
2: suggesting that you might want to use the hint. Oh, I didn't hear you. Were you saying oh, you something? Know, oh, no, really. we have to get you some,
1: uh, We have to get you some cans.
2: United Nations framework and then climate change is going to be on the end. It's not corn. <laughs> I might not be able to do this one. I'm so bad with names. Go with corn. I feel like corn. I feel like corn. Like it. It sounds awesome. Like yeah. that's what I would name it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it might not be right. And also, scientists aren't funny. Right. <laughs> um, we do need an answer, Dave. Uh, I'm gonna say chunks.
1: All right. So let's give it. So give it all at once.
2: United Nations framework of climate change chunks.
1: Helen,
3: shockingly not correct. No, I'm
1: sorry. Not correct. Shenny <laughs> with a chance to steal. <laughs>
3: Uh, United Nations framework to combat climate change. Ellen? that is also
1: not no, correct. No, no, not oh. correct. You guys were both very close. It's the United Nations Do framework it. convention on climate change. Convention on I climate change. I like mine I mean, better. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, yours is much better.
1: Yeah, I like I like chunks and corn. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times corn comes in chunks.
2: What about to 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 combat climate corn?
1: Oh yeah, we've got a. <laughs> Man, we are going to be run over I by climate th- corn. <laughs> it's an epidemic. We I think
0: I preferred chunks. Really? Yeah. I'd rather get run over by chunks than corn. Yeah, all right. I, mean, I guess
1: it depends what they're chunks of.
0: Yeah. Let's that's spend more true. time
1: on this. <laughs> Here's question number five for you, Dave. In 1988, a climate scientist from NASA testified to Congress and provided what's considered the first warning to a mass audience about climate change. 30 years later, the modeling of global warming he provided proved incredibly accurate. What is the name of this hero scientist?
2: James Hansen.
1: Helen, that is correct. That's correct. <laughs> that correct. Jim Wow. I thought we were tricky on that one. That was harder than the uh, UNFCCC it turns
2: out. Uh, no, James Hansen. The, yeah, if you if you know about climate change, you know about James Hansen.
1: And you do know about climate change. You did quite well in that quiz. But now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers, it is time for your cluster fact. This question is so high level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Carbon dioxide emissions are the main culprit behind climate change. And looking at the list of countries that contribute the most CO2, China is number one and the United States is number two. For up to three points, in no particular order, which countries are number three, four, and five?
2: Uh, Canada, Australia, and... uh, Who's another bad boy out there? (laughs) Yeah, when you think bad boy, you think Canada and Australia, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because they make so much oil, I want to say Russia... Um, or Saudi Arabia. Uh, I'm going to go with Russia.
1: With Russia. All right. So you say Canada, Australia, and Russia. Uh, all right. Helen is taking notes of those answers. We have an expert
0: on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have today? Here with us tonight is a climate scientist and the director of the UCLA Center for Climate Science. It's Dr. Alex Hall. Dr. Alex Hall.
1: Hello, Dr. Hall. Welcome.
5: Hi. Oh, thank you. I'm the, the unfunny scientist here. <laughs> Welcome, Dr.
1: Hall. Yes. Now, Dr. Hall, have you, heard, have you done any research as to chunks or corn in your, uh, in your work?
5: <laughs> you know, it's a great idea, and that's my next proposal right there. Yeah. All, all right. right, all right. Well, let's
1: talk about the work that you've done and uh, the Center for Climate Science at UCLA. What
5: is the center? How long has it been around? The center's been around for four or five years, and our goal is to take all the information that we 're producing um, at the university about climate change and um, engage with government and communities to make this information usable and, 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 and worth, worth, worth something to, to people and communities so it 's really about um, getting the science used and I think you know the the purpose also is to make people feel empowered um, mm. about climate change and, and to um, address um, the the feeling that people can't do anything because there's a lot of great information being produced, and we want to make pe- people aware of that and get them in action.
1: And now, Dave mentioned that uh, the cause that he's involved with is helping people uh, encounter that fear. Have you, have you noticed that as well yourself? That, that people are afraid?
5: Oh, absolutely. People are um, people are afraid, and they're also paralyzed. You know, mm. that I think I think it's so overwhelming, and they don't know h- how to deal with it. It's a little bit like you know homelessness. I think mm. people when they just don't know how to. How to confront a challenge like that, and um, and um, but you know I think there are, are a lot of solutions out there, and there are lots of ways that we can address it, and we need to get started.
1: All right. Now, one of the techniques that you've studied is a thing called downscaling. Explain what that is and how that works, maybe in Los Angeles where you've studied.
5: So the main tools we have to project future climate are global climate models, and those have um, those are those are pretty coarse in resolution. It's like a kind of a very granular photo of, of the of the world, and. What we do um, is we take that, those, the information from those models and we run very high-resolution models to produce very fine-scale projections of future climate so we can talk about differences between, um, say, you know, Los Angeles and the San Fernando Valley, for example.
0: My building actually does not recycle, which I think <sighs> is probably illegal, and I don't know how to get them to do it.
1: Yeah, do you know a couple yeah. goons you can send down there, Doctor Hall? Yeah,
5: you know that's a, I, I I have teams of goons I can send. Out. <laughs> oh my
1: God,
0: we need I need some goons.
5: We need some goons.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of recycling, uh, I- is that still making a difference uh, in the world and making climate change any better?
5: So you know, recycling is really important for reducing um, the carbon emissions from our from our waste streams, mm-hmm. um, but there are much more important ways that we can re- reduce our emissions. For instance. Um, um, so in. In, in California, um, in, in the U.S., you know, we, we are um, producing a lot of emissions from driving cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's in a very important way that we can start to reduce our emissions by electrifying our vehicle fleet mm-hmm. um, and, um, and producing our electricity with renewable energy.
1: So would you say that people who drive electric cars are better than people who don't? <laughs> and I say that coincidentally as someone who drives an electric car. <laughs> I, I would
5: say, yes, you are yeah. you know, a better person. Do you, <laughs> Take that, dad. You, um, can,
2: you can also, if you live in, in California or other states and, and you're worried about living in an apartment, there are states that have laws that your, your, your landlord has to put in electricity for you to use.
0: Oh. Um,
2: if, you ha- if you have an electric car and you live in an apartment. So I, you can there's, check out your laws. Like You can get an electric car.
0: I drive a Prius. Does that make me half of a jerk?
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> makes you ahead of the curve of most people and doing something to yeah. change. But you do one you one need day to day switch you'll to, get to the J.
1: Keith level of no, no. <laughs> <doing> <laughs> every, well, isn't that, but isn't that a point also that people think they have to go to extremes in order to, to help the environment? But really, every every little bit helps.
5: So I think you know when people ask them what they can do about climate change, I would say you know think about your own resource footprint and start start with one thing. And and fix that thing. Make nineteen, you know, make two thousand nineteen about that. Mm-hmm. Two thousand twenty is about something else. And you know, eventually you change.
1: And are you hopeful? Do you think we're going to uh, combat it or turn it around, or are we all going to die <laughs> and let's just get drunk? So it's funny. People always
5: ask me that, yeah. and I have to say, I I am so immersed in the solutions that yeah. I have, I have no choice but to be hopeful. Yes. And I just think that we have to. I think if we allow ourselves to get distracted by, um, by you know. The president's tweets and 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 um, and you know and and people who who say climate change isn't real. I I just think we will miss the ball. I, I mm-hmm. think this is the moment we have to keep our eyes on the prize and and focus on on on, on change. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that hard. We just have to do it.
2: It isn't. It's super. It's it, it's. There's a lot of things you can do to make a change, and there's a lot of things we can do to pressure our government to make change, even though we see them as this force that can't be moved. They can be moved.
1: Terrific. All right, well, let's get to the reason what we brought you here tonight as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked Dave. We wanted to know which countries were the number three, four, and five contributors of carbon dioxide emissions. Uh, Helen, what was the first answer that Dave gave us?
0: Dave said Canada.
1: Dr.
5: Hall? Um, Canada's not on that list, actually. Um, not? Yeah, so um, the, the next... The, country is India, actually. India is, um, because it's such a large country population-wise, um, even though it has very low per capita emissions, it's a country that is becoming um, increasingly industrialized and producing electricity th- with coal, um, and that means it has a, a bigger carbon footprint.
1: All right, so no points there. Uh, what was another
5: answer that uh, Dave gave us, Helen? Dave said Russia. And Dr. Hall? And that is correct, actually. Russia is, um, is a Big emitter, um, especially on a per capita basis, um, and, and you multiply that by its population, which is not small, and it ends up being a pretty big carbon footprint.
1: All right, so that is a point for Dave, applauding <laughs> a large polluter, <laughs> which is something we don't usually get to do. And finally, what was the third answer that Dave gave us, Helen?
0: Dave said Australia.
5: And Dr. Hall? Um, actually, it's Japan. That's the, the,
1: the final one. Yeah, yeah that surprised it, yeah, me a little bit. You, we think of Japan as being very technologically advanced, especially in terms of environmental care.
5: And, and it is. You know, Japan has a big nuclear power program, which mm-hmm. is, you know, nuclear power has its issues, but it's, not, it's a carbon-free um, source. But Japan is also a very wealthy country and has a pretty big population, so you combine those two factors and it ends up having a... puts it in fifth place.
1: All right. Wow. Uh, all right, well, Dr. Hall, if people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they do that?
5: Um, They can Google us, um, Center for Climate Science at UCLA, or www.ios.ucla.edu slash climate. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Alex Hall, ladies and gentlemen. Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that round. At
0: the end of that round, Dave Anthony has six points, and Shenny Jardin has zero points with a round of questions coming up.
1: That's right. We're going to talk with Shenny about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, Shenny and Dave will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. I can't hear myself, but I'm assuming These are real podcast listeners, not actors. Hey, thanks for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would
3: you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity. Dumb. Definitely dumb.
5: And like, uh, right here, this one. Meritless.
3: What if I told you there was a
1: podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan, Jesse, go. And it's free. Jordan, Jesse, Jesse, go.
3: go. Jordan, Jesse, go.
1: Jordan, Jesse, go. A real podcast.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Dave Anthony with six points and Shani Jardin with zero points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody.
1: Shani Jardin, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about golden retrievers, the original Blade Runner, and marijuana. Let's talk about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about golden retrievers.
3: Um, my boyfriend has two of them, and oh. and they live with us, and and I love them. And one of the coolest thing uh, things about golden retrievers is that they uh, they just constantly want to hug you and love you and Aww. please you. Yeah. And, and uh, you
1: like that kind of stuff. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> this is coming from a cat man. Yeah, I'm kind of a cat yeah. guy. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, we need more golden retriever vibrations oh, in the world today. Yeah. Amen. Oh, lovely
0: message, a yeah. lovely message. Amen. I, if I only think... we had more humans that were like golden retrievers. Well, we right? have
2: science, so we can start combining <laughs> the DNA.
3: And that's where the medical marijuana comes in. Wow,
1: we'll, we'll get to that, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, you also said you know a lot about the original Blade Runner.
3: I'm just a super fan of that movie and of uh, so many of the different creative geniuses that were involved in the movie. Which amen, sister. Some, some of which was shot uh, right near where we are today in the Bradbury building in downtown Los Angeles. Oh,
0: very good. I, uh, I cannot amen this enough. Because I love it so much, too. What did you think of the, the new version that came out I haven't recently? seen it. I don't acknowledge that I it exists. Yeah, I didn't wow. see it either.
2: I didn't see it either. I was like,
3: yeah. no. I don't I want it, it to ruin yeah. the, the perfect film.
1: But specifically, what did you like about the, the original Blade Runner movie so much?
3: There were
0: strong women in it. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Very good. And uh, there were Asians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
1: right. All right, and then finally, Shani, you said you know a lot about marijuana.
3: Um, I I didn't come at it as a recreational user, Mm. Uh, I came at it as a cancer patient, but uh, a cancer patient with a sense of humor and fun and play, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so my stoner friends helped me get on board, and then I actually started digging into uh, the the true medical part of that, and uh, I'm kind of like a Johnny Appleseed, but with pot for uh, (laughs) women who have cancer who are in treatment. I, I like to help educate other women. Uh, just in an in, in a, unofficial capacity, sharing my own experience, essentially. So, in other words, you're a shenny apple weed. <laughs> Ch- Johnny, I really thought that yeah, should have
1: gotten it more. Not... Whether it was groans or applause, it definitely should have gotten more. Johnny, uh,
2: uh, Johnny Appleseed was—he was out there giving people apples so they could make liquor. <laughs> he wasn't giving apples to people for apples. Oh, the whole idea was know this. he would went around the country giving wow. people different kinds of apples so wow. they could make their own booze. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah,
3: yeah. You're, this isn't a joke. No, that's real. Oh, no, that's wow. real.
1: That's real, wow. And you're, and you're trying to give people marijuana to have health, <laughs> not necessarily for recreation. It's a, it's a very one-to-one comparison. Uh, all right, so to summarize, you said you know a lot about Golden Retrievers, the original Blade Runner movie, and marijuana. Today we're going to quiz you about... Marijuana.
3: Yes. Uh, I'll I'll have you know I did some
0: homework.
1: <laughs> right before the show, you kind of crammed a little bit. That's why
0: she's so chill.
1: Absolutely. What what is your favorite uh, delivery method of marijuana?
3: Guy in a van.
1: Uh, I, I meant more like smoking or vaping or any of those things. Edibles. You know, it
3: it depends. Uh, edibles and uh, vaporized herb are great uh, because you're not introducing. Uh, you're not introducing burnt particles into your lungs. Um, but one of, the, one of the difficult things about vapes that people buy in dispensaries is it, it's a little bit like bologna or hot dogs. You don't know exactly what's in there. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of health questions about that. So um, I would say my favorite thing to do is growing it at home and rendering it into uh, fat and then oh. using it as edibles. That's yeah. what I do with bologna. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, perfect. All right, well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic of marijuana to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up wow. to three points. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Now, Dave, do listen closely, because you can steal if Shani gets any of them wrong. Dave, by the way, how much do you
2: know about marijuana? It's not. I don't. I, I did in high school. Uh, yeah, well, it's but, changed a lot, right? Yeah. Jenny,
1: there's a lot more tech. You have to connect it's, to the internet
2: now. And, yeah, it's very yeah. different than <laughs> yeah, when I a lot was of in high weed school. Has Bluetooth on it. Yeah, people yeah. used to come to me to get it when I was in high school. <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, well, let's see how you do with this, Jenny. Here's your first question about marijuana. Number one, marijuana comes from the cannabis plant, but that genus isn't just used for ingesting. What is the name for a cannabis plant whose fibers are used to make rope and fabric? Hemp. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It is hemp. <laughs> Uh, Fun fact, every stoner likes to tell you the 25,000 uses for hemp.
2: (laughs) You can make a bike out of it.
1: Exactly, Dave. Dave gets it. (laughs) Question number two. THC is the main mind-altering ingredient in marijuana. What does THC stand for?
3: Tetrahydrocannabinol.
2: Helen?
0: That is correct. That is correct.
2: I would have said said the the hemp channel.
1: (laughs) The hemp channel.
3: DHC. I, I feel like I'm at like this stoner spelling bee.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
3: that was. Uh, I had
1: no idea. That was, that that was impressive. Good. Yeah. Uh, if you if you had needed the hint, Helen, what would the hint have been?
0: It rhymes with betra-bidro-banabinal. bidrobanabinol. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I'm sorry you, you did not get a chance to give that hand. We'll all be right. here all day. All right, you're two for two, Shani. Here is question number three. These days, marijuana comes in many forms. One of them is a concentrated dose of cannabis that is made by extracting THC into other cannabinoids using a solvent like butane or carbon dioxide, resulting in a sticky oil. What is this substance most commonly known as? Dab, Shani. that is correct. That is correct. A little dabble, do you? Wow. That's right. As as you were starting to say, it's also commonly known as wax, shatter, butter, and butane hash oil, or BHO.
3: I don't use that. Okay, but you still know it. Yeah, no, it's... Can I... Can I riff a little bit about it? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's interesting. To, to me, that's kind of like taking the coca leaf and making cocaine. Mm-hmm. There might be medicinal uses for the leaf, but we don't actually know why it all exists in context with all of the other terpenes and the non-psychoactive stuff. So I, it's, uh, I've tried it, mm-hmm. and it felt like eating a bunch of candy all at once. Oh, that sounds terrible. And it it kind of gave me a headache.
1: Oh, I see, in that way. Yeah, you want a little of it. You want to have your Zagnut and your Snickers, but you don't want to put them all together at the same time. But I
3: have a weird brain. My brain is a sensitive wallflower. Well, your brain
1: is three for three, so let's see how you do with question number four. (laughs) One of the world's most popular strains of marijuana started many years ago in Ohio and used to be called Green Kush. But legend has it that marijuana enthusiast Snoop Dogg... Boy, that's that's an understatement. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Marijuana enthusiast Snoop Dogg called called it something else, and that name stuck. What is Green Cush now known as? Mm. OG oh, Cush. Helen? That is not, not correct. Not what we were looking for. No, Dave with a chance to steal. No. The Chronic? Helen?
0: That is also no. not correct.
1: No, audience, do you know it? No, no, the answer is Green Crack. Oh, green green crack. crack. Do you
0: know what?
3: That was the first strain I smoked right after I started chemotherapy what? when Matt Stone brought it over to my house.
1: Matt Stone of, of South Park fame?
3: Yeah, with his, with his kid. And I, and I smoked it. Uh,
1: you smoked it with his kid? No, no, no. I no. mean, after
3: they left, I smoked it. After they left, after I smoked they left it, you smoked it. And it, uh, it
0: it felt like what it's called.
1: Green crack, it's, it's very yeah.
0: racy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it explains so much about South Park.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if you He's can bounce. He's a good man. He's a really it's good man. He's intense. Yeah. He, yeah. So he,
0: wanted, he didn't want to ease you in. He was like, We're starting with the strong stuff. I think it's just, it's what he had left over that day, and he was coming over to give
3: me a hug.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see if we can bounce back with question number five. For at least 4,000 years, cannabis has been used for its medical properties by civilizations throughout the world. In the 1800s, physician William O'Shaughnessy observed the medical use of cannabis while treating the effects of cholera. Though Dr. Shaughnessy was Irish, where was he living and working before he brought his discoveries to Western medicine? Wow. You do have a hint available if you'd like.
0: I'd like a hint.
1: Helen, how about that hint?
0: References to marijuana first appear in one of this country's religious texts called the Vedas. India.
1: Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Excellent use of the hints. You did very well in that round, Shani, but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact.
2: Ireland. Can I answer? Ireland. Is it too late?
1: Are you sure you don't do pot anymore? (laughs) No
2: dude do you
3: dab <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response the correct answer is worth up to three points marijuana laws as you know are rapidly changing but before they did many people got in trouble with the law for pot including many celebrities for up to three points in 1930 what grammy winning musician was arrested outside the cotton club in culver city and became what is believed to be the first celebrity jailed for marijuana In 1996, what Emmy-winning actor was arrested and charged with marijuana possession in Kentucky after he planted four hemp seeds to symbolically challenge the state law? And in 2003, what legendary comedian served nine months for selling glass bongs?
3: Oh my god.
1: Just take them one at a time.
3: Who would have been smoking weed in 1930? All, all of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dave makes but, a good point, but we do have to narrow caught. it. To, yeah, but, but, but not every caught. Grammy-winning musician. It took a, a Grammy-winning
0: special musician. <laughs> yes. 19... 19... So
1: 1930 early. Early.
3: Cab Calloway.
1: Cab Calloway is her answer. All right. Then we want to know in 1966, 1996, the Emmy-winning actor who was arrested for Emmy planting winning. hemp seeds Emmy in Kentucky. Winning. Woody Harrelson?
3: No. <laughs> okay, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, she Woody says, all right. And then finally, I
1: want to know in 2003, what legendary comedian served nine months in prison for selling glass bongs? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Dave. Although legendary, uh, you know, to be determined. To be determined.
3: It was Cheech, wouldn't it? Was Cheech Marin? It was Cheech. Cheech Marin? Cheech Marin. Or
1: Is that che- your answer? I can't tell you quite yet, but we do need an answer from you. She wrote it down.
3: I want to say it was either Cheech or Chong. And... Well, let's pick one. Cheech Marin?
1: You think it says Cheech Marin. Chong All right. Chong. I didn't feel it Which a lot of... one? Just pick one of them. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just said just, both. Just pick one of them.
3: It's Chong.
1: <laughs> Is it Chichong? Ch- Chichong. Okay. <laughs> now we do right. need an answer. Chichong
3: Chichong. Ch- um.
0: Tommy Chong.
1: Tommy Chong. All right, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
0: Here with us tonight is a Grammy-winning actor, writer, musician, and cannabis rights (gasps) activist. It's comedy legend Tommy Chong! Tommy Chong, ladies and gentlemen! (laughs) Tommy waving to the
1: audience. Jenny on her knees, bowing down to Tommy's feet. I think that is the first time that has happened on the show. Welcome, Tommy Chong. Please have a seat at the end there.
0: Oh, my God, it's Tommy Chong! It's Tommy Chong! We did it! It's Tommy Chong!
3: It is such an honor to meet you, sir. Wow. Uh, Hello, Mr.
1: Chong. Hello. Yay, it's really you. Thank you. Sir,
3: you have done so much to help so many people. Thank Thank you. you.
2: Absolutely. also your
1: comedy I'm, uh, I'm
4: a cancer survivor myself, so. Very good. Yeah.
1: And, and Tommy, you, actually, you also use marijuana to help you through that, uh, that process. I mean, you probably were using it anyway, but it, it especially
4: helped you through that process. No, strangely enough, when I went to jail, I, I couldn't smoke. Right. And that's when I contacted uh, cancer. Really? really? I, got, I got prostate cancer when I was in prison. Oh. And then uh, it uh, kind of spread. Ended up rectal cancer, and then I ended mm. up with the operation and everything. But marijuana helped me because it kept my sense of humor. Because mm. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, even though I was uh, being operated <laughs> on. Everything was a bit. Yeah. You know? Like I taught the doctors how to d- give the proctologist handshake. <laughs> All right, I have to ask. What is the proctologist handshake? With the elbow. Oh.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. You went to jail yeah. for having bongs. Is that... Uh, how well that was crazy a, is
4: that? That was a stoner move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, not for the marijuana itself, but for the for the paraphernalia, for you know, glass. Yeah,
4: yeah, they were circling... You know, they were circling my house with helicopters and had the phones tapped and everything. I had no idea. Uh, and then...
0: They were really gunning for you. Yeah,
4: then... And, and, and then the bongs were literally telling me, and I would... Out loud, I'd say, what are you trying to say? <laughs> and of course, they can't talk.
1: <laughs> right, you do know that, I just wanted to make sure that you do actually know that they can't talk. And, okay.
4: and so then I ended up watching the Shawshank Redemption, that mm-hmm. movie? Yeah. About prison. Yeah. And then I had a, an, an, a writer, uh, he wanted to write a script for me. And so at the time I was tired of writing scripts, and, that. and I said, okay, write, write me a script. He wrote a script about a bong that goes to jail. <laughs> wow! Oh, I got no. the script at home. Finally, <laughs> the feds busted. Me, you know, came to my house. Was he five the one the that turned you in? Uh, no, it was uh, Ashcroft and Bush. They,
1: they targeted you.
4: Yeah, they oh, were the ones. They wanted to make an example. You see, Bush of you. was doing the Iraqi War thing, mm-hmm. and so he, they needed a diversion, and so they uh, thought you know, Operation Pipe Dreams. <laughs> and this uh, Mary Beth Buchanan was a pr- prosecutor in. In uh, Pennsylvania, which is the only state that we could not ship bongs to without violating federal law, uh. it, it, and so they uh, yeah. they they put an undercover agent in our company because we kept saying no, we can't do that, man. You know, we can't ship them to you. And finally, somehow the bongs got to. The DEA and uh, I got arrested.
1: And, Bastards. Uh, nine months in prison. Yeah, nine I mean, months that's in not jail. messing around. Me... I
4: love what my wife said when she was sitting in the court, you know. Yeah. And when they sentenced me to nine months, she says, Oh, I fucked <sighs> up. I should have married Cheech. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you look at the progress that legalization efforts have, have made today, did you ever think you'd see the day where you can just walk into a store in, in Los Angeles and, and buy recreational marijuana? Well, you
4: know, it's, it's always been legal for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, yeah, it, Seriously, because I, I started smoking in 1957 mm. in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And at the time, you could smoke anywhere because no one knew what it was. Mm. Oh. You know, the cops would stop us for, they'd look for booze. Mm-hmm. And we'd be smoking, and they'd be in the car looking for booze, and we'd laughing, passing the the <laughs> yeah.
0: Wait, so they'd smell it, and they just had no idea what it was? They had no idea. We'd <gasps> tell
4: them, they'd say, what, what is that tobacco? We'd tell them, uh, it's Italian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it kind uh, of sounds marijuana. And, and, and,
4: and then... The 60s, that's when it started, you know, really, yeah. uh, you know, Woodstock, and that really brought attention to it. And then that's when they started uh, cracking down on it. Because the thing is, the, the reason marijuana is, was illegal, made illegal, was to replace the prohibition of, against alcohol. Uh. See, the feds were making so much money it uh, and, and, you know chasing the alcohol, the right. rum runners, and all that was those guys and then, so when when legal uh, alcohol became legal, then they needed something else and so then Hearst came up with this idea that it became a racist law basically mm. you know, and so they, they attacked the mexicans it, it, instead of being called cannabis, it was now called marijuana so there was racism you know, behind it and reefer like in Nola. america yeah
1: <laughs> i know i 'm sorry, Dave. Maybe you could do an episode about that on the podcast.
3: (laughs) People used to think that it's a conspiracy theory, that the reason that pot is illegal in the U.S. is because of racism. No, explicitly.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And and also the, the oil company, you know, DuPont, you know, Nylon, they wanted to get rid of hemp. And so they said, okay, marijuana is illegal. Marijuana is from the hemp plant, so let's make hemp illegal. Mm -hmm. And so they took all the hemp products off, the. which is why we have the plastic problem that we have. Right. Because hemp makes climate change. That biodegradable.
1: So eventually
4: we're going to have that. You have your own line of weed that uh, that you sell as well. In fact, I brought some for you. Oh, Oh, did you bring
1: some for the entire audience? Wow. Wow. This is why you've got to come to the live shows, people. Oh, my God. Oh, are wow. You really? Tommy Tong is distributing marijuana to the panel here. That's heard,
4: This is...
3: I've heard that your line you is know, exceptional. You know, when I dreamed of a having best. a podcast...
4: Yes. It's the best. It's the best. I love it's it. There's so... a, There's a
3: really cute photo of you yes. on the label, and you are holding up... Uh, in your hand it, it, you could be holding a joint but you, it's also like an Italian chef going it's the best Italian <laughs> the
1: and what is what is your line of uh, products called Tommy Chong uh, Chong's Choice Chong's Choice yeah. very oh, good I love
3: it and I, and I see that this is uh, also pre-rolled with Keith and the Keith is like the little the beautiful little crystals that oh, contain all the good stuff it's
4: Ooh. all the good it's so really it's like, good it's I, like sugar
3: coated it's going to be I, I, a
1: very interesting final well, round on this so show nice. today. yeah <laughs> Uh, so, Tommy, I want to talk to you a little bit about your comedy career okay. and, and other things that you've done. Cheech and Chong, of course, was the duo yep. that you were in. Yep.
2: Can, uh, can I just say that I, like, you literally the first thing that got me into comedy? Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, right. wow. 100%. Like, me and my friend Eric would just sit around listening to your albums. Uh, just, It's crazy that I'm here with you. It's one of
4: those.
1: <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, no it's, really, no, it's really amazing. You're, you're like, in I, good
4: company. Howard Stern has the same he story. Does? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Adam Sadler. Yeah.
1: They, wow. both, they both
4: got together and they said, oh, Cheech Chong, man, God, yeah. I mean, got I still
2: do Dave's not here because my name's Dave. Like, my yeah. friend, like, <laughs> I still do.
1: Well, I think just to give, just to give our listening audience an, an idea of exactly how popular uh, you guys were, your records were ones that, that, People listen to over and over. And oh, that yeah. was sort of a new, that was sort of a new concept. Yeah, and also, yeah. Dave's not here. The, the track that uh, Dave Anthony just mentioned, it was a top ten Billboard hit. Yes. Yeah. Not on the comedy charts. On yeah. the pop charts, yes. it was a top ten hit. Yeah. The the comedy sketch that you recorded. What was that like for you guys?
4: It was very simple. the 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 first one, Dave's not here, was an accident. Mm. You know, uh, we were re- we were supposed to rehearse a bit. And Cheech went out into the. We we shot it at the A and M lot, which was the old Chaplin Studios, mm-hmm. and so it had that, that vibe. And so we're we're going to work on a dope dealer bit. And so Cheech got all dressed up, and he's a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing radio, and so he goes out. He goes out, and the door locked from inside, and he's out, and it's really hot outside. It was like boiling. And he knocked on the door, and I was trying to record it with a little tape recorder. And, and when he knocked, I looked up at the door, and I didn't see if the needle was moving. Mm. And so I was there looking at it for a minute, so I went on with the bit. I said, who is it? And she says, it's me, man. Let me in. And I'm still looking at the recorder, and oh, it's working. And so then he knocked again. I, d- I was supposed to let him in. Yeah. But when I didn't let him in, he knocked again. <laughs> now... Because, Rule of know, threes, now you got to I know how cooking. to t- torture him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, who is it? <laughs> and I wanted to see how long it would be before he really went nuts. And so he goes, it's me, man. Come on, let me in. I think the cops sound me. He the whole bit, you know. So I, nothing again. I just waited, waited, waited. He knocked again. Who is it? <laughs> oh, my God. This time he goes... It's me, Dave, man. Now open up, man. Dave? Yeah, Dave. And you could hear in his voice, I'm gonna open the door. I said, Dave's not here. <laughs> now, what he said after that, we couldn't use. We couldn't use. But he went off the rails. And and finally when I opened the door, I was kinda of, I thought he was gonna hit me. <laughs> then I said, listen, listen, listen. So we played that tape. We must have played it all day over for everybody. You gotta hear this, hear this, hear this. And then we went in the studio that night and recorded it. And the recording is what what everybody heard, yeah. but was nothing like the original. <laughs>
1: Well, what an honor, and, and uh, one thing that I have to ask you about, some people might have seen you uh, more recently, you were on, uh, you were revealed to be one of the participants in the Mask
4: Singer. Yes. yeah. How about that? Yeah. You, were, you were Pineapple, I believe? The pineapple. Yeah. I picked a costume, too. They, you, did, you did as well, okay. Well, they, they, they gave me three, and of course, the Pineapple was the most obvious one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how did they keep that a secret? It was hard, man. Oh, Jesus. Well, what they did, they threatened not to pay me if I told No! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> That'll got, do I'm it. I'm notorious. I got the biggest mo's in Hollywood, man. I'll tell on everybody. Yeah, I'm a comedian. That's right. Yeah, job, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> if we got any th- news to tell, we'll tell it. But, they, but with me, they had a. They, I didn't like the show at all because y- you weren't you. Yeah, right. I was a, a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point.
0: What did you sing? Hmm? What did you sing?
4: Uh, I Will Survive. <laughs> And, w- and when we, we recorded it, I thought, oh, this is cool, man. They'll record it. I'm in a mask. I won't have to sing. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no I really to sing. They wanted the, the, every ounce of but they're paying you, man. They wanted it. So, so I recorded it. Sounds good. And, and that's the one they used, too. But when I went to the show, you know, they got dancers and everything. And I couldn't see anything. It was like being in a diver's helmet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we could listen to you tell us uh, stories all day, but we do have to get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game goes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, you heard the questions that we asked, Shenny. Uh, First of all, we wanted to know in 1930 what Grammy winning musician was arrested outside the Cotton Club in Culver City. Uh, Helen,
0: what did Shenny say? Shenny said Cab Calloway. And
1: Tommy Chong, do you know that to be right or wrong?
4: It's Louis Armstrong. It was Louis
1: Armstrong, yeah, no points yeah. there for Shenny. Uh, for uh, next, we wanted to know in 1996 what Emmy winning actor was arrested and charged with marijuana possession in Kentucky. Helen, what did Shenny
0: say? Shenny said Woody Harrelson. <laughs> and Tommy?
4: I think that's right. That is correct. It was Woody Harrelson. <laughs>
0: Shenny is shocked. So Her mouth is agape.
1: And finally wanted to know, in 2003, what legendary comedian served nine months for selling glass bongs? Helen, what did Shenny say?
0: Shenny said Tommy Chong. And
1: what is the correct answer, Tommy Chong? I thought I heard Cheech, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: no, it was you,
1: Tommy Chong. Uh, Tommy, it is such an honor and a pleasure. Uh, if people want to find out more about you or your products, where can they go?
4: Uh... And the internet, man, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
4: Get your phone out and do Chong.
1: Do some Chong. We're certainly happy that we did it. It's an honor and a pleasure. Tommy Chong, ladies and gentlemen.
0: (laughs) Helen's going to score a recap at the end of that round. At the end of that round, Dave Anthony has six points and Jenny Jardin has five points.
1: All right. Wow. Pretty close game. And now it is time for our final round that we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Dave and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point, and this will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Dave, chickens are birds. Oh, true. Correct. Shenny,
2: chickens can fly.
1: True. Correct. Yeah, not very far, but they can. Uh, Dave, chickens can live in the mountains.
2: I'm going to say true.
1: Correct. Yeah, they'll live pretty much wherever you put them. Shenny, <laughs> uh, there is an animal called a mountain chicken. False. Incorrect. No, there really is. Dave, the mountain chicken is a chicken. True. Incorrect. No, Shenny, uh, the mountain chicken is a snake. False. Correct. <laughs> Dave, the mountain chicken is a frog.
2: <laughs> True. Correct.
1: There you go. It is secondarily called the giant ditch frog, but is known as the mountain chicken. Shenny, the mountain chicken is endangered. True. Correct. Dave, mountain chickens in Montserrat were endangered because of a fungus. True. Correct. Shenny, to help save them, dozens of mountain chickens were airlifted out of their homes.
3: False. Incorrect. No, they really were.
1: And finally, Dave, they made a movie about it called Operation Mountain Chicken Drop. <laughs> God. True. We're just <laughs> No, it's not true, but it should be true. Let's give a nice hand to both of our guests, Jenny Jardin and Dave Anthony, as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to pronounce the winner on tonight's episode of Go Fact Yourself?
0: I am at the end of the game. Dave Anthony has 10 points, and Jenny Jardin has 8 points. Congratulations,
1: Dave. You are the facting champ. <laughs> Offering his hand in friendship to Jenny, she shakes it vigorously. Dave, what will you do with your championship?
2: I'm going to buy a, a chateau in France.
1: Here, Montserrat is nice. <laughs> yes. Don't know if that's in France, but I know they have mountain chickens there. Uh, all right, we're going to wrap things up. Give everyone a chance to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Dave, where can people find you and your work?
2: Uh, my podcast is The Dollop, so uh, it's a history podcast you can find online. And then uh, Planet Change 10, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram right now. P-L-A-N-T Change 10.
1: I think it was P-L-A-N-I-T.
2: Sorry, did I say it wrong? P-L-A-N-I-T, change 10.
1: The very accurate Dave Anthony. <laughs> Wonderful to see you and play with you. Shani Jardin, where can people find you?
3: Boingboing.net, and uh, I'm on Twitter. X-E-N-I is my name. You can find me everywhere at that name. Uh, we, you know what? I, uh, I helped put together a, a newsletter that we do. It's like a little email zine, a little bit of fun and wonderfulness in your inbox a few times a week. If you go to Boingboing, Boing, you'll find all, uh, how, to, how to sign up. It's free.
1: Fun and wonderfulness incarnate, Shani Jardin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you, fortunate, fortunate people, have my partner, Helen Hong, as your co host.
0: Yes.
1: Helen, what do you got going on, my friend?
0: You can find my performance schedule at HelenHong.com, and you can follow me on the socials at Funny Helen Hong, because that other one ain't funny.
1: No, but you are Helen Hong, Funny Helen Hong. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith or on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Shenny Jardin, Dave Anthony, Dr. Alex Hall, Tommy Chong. And please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J Keith Van Stratton. Good night. <laughs> Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like bundle 3 did. He, she, or they said, lots of fun and factual. I listen as soon as new episodes are available.
0: So do we. Thanks, bundle 3 Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratten and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Mark Johnson, Abby Schiller, Shelby Chong, Jesse Thorne, Christian Malmine, John Christensen, Katherine Reich, Cody Lawrence, Mike Avianos, Caitlin Miller, Leora Saul, Dave Bianchi, Hal Miller, and Christine Vallada. I'm Helen Hong. Let's go save the planet. Hi, I'm Susie Nakamura. On the next episode of Go Fact Yourself, you'll find out how I changed the life of my biggest fan. I had a really drunk guy come up to me and tell me how much I've changed his life and how, how great I am in my comedy, and I realized, oh, he's, he thinks I'm Margaret Cho. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> MaximumFun.org.
5: Comedy and culture.
0: Artist
3: owned. Audience supported.